Hey, another great episode of Roundup is coming up next. If you like what you heard, please go online to redsearadio.org and donate, become a monthly sustaining member, and keep us on the air. Thank you and God bless. Everyone and welcome to Red Sea Roundup. I usually say good morning, but we are recording this a day early on Tuesday for several good reasons. One of those being our manager, Thaddeus Romanski, may possibly be welcoming their new child tomorrow. Hi, Thaddeus. Good afternoon, Judy. How you doing? I am doing great. We are jumping through a bunch of hoops to make this interview happen. And I'm so excited to be here. Uh, Glad to be here with you. Uh, There are times sometimes that you can't be here and our president, Dennis Maka, can do what he did before we even had you. Do that voodoo that that he do do so so well. well, To quote Young Frankenstein, one of my (laughs) favorite movies. But alas, he will be at jury duty tomorrow, mm. and so Tough duty we thank for him. him for his civic awareness. And uh, I wonder, do you ever think that if you'd wear a "I love being Catholic" shirt when you go, whether that would just give you the boot right away? I or? mean, I guess it depends on the uh, lawyers. Depends on the case. Could be a guaranteed ticket out of there. It, it could be a guaranteed seatbelt yeah. into that. I do seat. remember uh, Father Patrick Ebner went in his clerics and he's got chose to serve. Mm -hmm. Uh, So regardless, that's why we're here today. So today is Tuesday afternoon. We are celebrating the Feast of St. Bridget today. Mm. Got a powerhouse of saints this week. St. Bridget of Ireland, yes? Yes. Mm -mm -mm. Sweden, right? You're correct. Oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me. Yeah. A lot of Bridgets in Ireland. Yes, there are. (laughs) And the voice that's chiming in is my guest for the uh, second part of the show, Tom Cahill. Tom, how are you? How are you? Good afternoon. Great, great. Thank you for agreeing to be here. Tom is the director of RCIA at St. Joseph's Catholic Church, and he and I have crossed paths a couple of times, and this is the time of the year that our parishes will start promoting RCIA, and I feel like people who don't know what RCIA is or perhaps don't really think about it, their ears just shut down and they don't want to hear that pulpit announcement or read it in the bulletin. So I hope that we can have a conversation about the right of Christian initiation, what it is, how it's become the uh, process that it is now. So, Tom, welcome. Thank you. Glad you're here. Also in the studio is Sam Geis. Sam is a senior at Texas A&M. Sam, how are you doing? Good. How are you doing? Great. Thank you so much for being here. And the Judy habit of telling one story to tell another story prevails. And uh, <laughs> Tom, Tom and I have talked about this, and I ran into Sam for the first time in person last week at our Catholicism series and. Thaddeus, we can talk a little bit more about that going great over there at St. Anthony's with the Catholicism series. So, Sam, you're friends with Amber and the Maka family, and I saw a wonderful 
video testimony of your experience of the RCIA process here at St. Mary's. And I put him on the spot (laughs) and he stepped up. So we're going to get to that part of it. So welcome and thank you for being here. Thank you. Great. And we have a friend of Red Sea Radio, friend of ours, Matt Rice on hold. It's a full stable today, Hi. Jamie. I mean, how did you Well, pull I figured the more people I have talking, the less people I have to talk and the less likelihood of having a on-air blooper. Uh, I spend a lot of time in front of a microphone, and thankfully, I've not been kicked off yet. So Not yet. Not yet. Hey, Matt Rice, can I hear you in the background? Yep, I'm here, Judy. Awesome. How are you doing? I'm doing great, and I, I don't know if you planned this, if you because you just spur of the moment texted me and said, "Hey, you should come on and promote the well," and I said, "That's great, let's make it happen." But then you have it on the same time you're going to be talking about RCIA, and I think the timing of this is perfect. Well, I love it. Did if you do we that on purpose? if we just get out of the way, the Holy Spirit will take care <laughs> of all of that, uh, and I agree 100. Mm-hmm. percent I Amen. texted you this morning because I was scrolling through my faith book. Some people call it Facebook, but it's Facebook to me. And your post um, caught my eye. I've known a little bit about this event. Uh, God puts people in the produce section at HEB for me to talk about, as it happened yesterday. Another friend was asking me, hey, have you heard about this? And I said, yes, I have. It's in my calendar, and I'm going. Do you want to go? So we'll be there. But your Facebook post really captured my interest, and I followed through and texted you. So I'm just going to read it. I can't tell you guys how excited I am about the ministry finally coming to fruition. For years, I've wanted a safe place to invite friends to come and pray with and get to know on-fire Catholics and for people to come to be revived in their faith. Apparently, God decided that this is the right time. I can't wait to see you, your family, your neighbors, your sisters, cousins, twice removed, which is another discussion that we could have because I really don't don't understand that twice removed thing and anyone else you want to invite. So that's why I texted you. And one of these days, you're going to change your number so Judy doesn't bug you anymore, but not today. So tell us you don't about. Call me enough, Judy. Mm-hmm. Well, I can I can try to do better. <laughs> then, as uh, when I did text him, my friends who are listening all over Central Texas, let me throw that out there right away because you're going to talk to us here in the studio today. But people are listening all over Central Texas, not only here at KEDC at eighty-eight point five Bryan College Station, they're listening in KYAR Waco, Central Texas. And also KINF in Palestine. So tell our friends all over the Central Texas area why we're talking right now. Sure. So I've, for a long time, I've wanted to have a place to invite my friends to learn more about the Catholic Church. But a lot of times that that first step is a pretty big step. Even RCIA is a pretty daunting thing for people to go to for the first time to learn about Catholicism or learn what Catholics are all about and inviting them to the mass. I I don't believe the mass is the place where you bring someone to evangelize them 
or for their first, you know, glimpse into what Catholicism is. I agree so 100 percent. Like, Go ahead. I'm sorry. I just agree with that. Uh, first yeah. mass, especially. Yeah. So so where do we invite them? Like, do we have somewhere that we can invite them? And maybe once a year at the parish festival is something that you can do that would be non-threatening to invite them. But that's not exactly a prayerful environment. Like, you're not praying together. And so um, that's kind of where why the well happened. And if you don't mind me, like, getting into a little bit more of the why today or why now, um, I don't know if you guys have talked about One Hope and what they're going to be doing, but uh, you can Google it. I won't dive into it. But the quick thing is they're going to be filling up Kyle Field with people who are worshiping God. Yes. And if the statistics play out, I mean, at least half of those people are either Catholic or former Catholics. And so when they go to this event and then they get set on fire and they want to come back to the faith, where are they going to go? And so that was the kind of the catalyst for why we wanted to start the well now, because we want to have it in place, ready to go for when one hope happens. And this was just, it just seemed, seemed to be the perfect time to do that. And I, we're, we're holding it at the Cotton, Cotton Exchange next week in downtown Bryan. Um, that's 200 Main Street on the third floor from 630 to 8. But we're going to blow that place out. Oh, yeah. I, 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 I'm going to be there early because I know it's going to be packed. Yeah. Yeah. And so and we're going to like the hope is to, to fill that place and, and, and just overflow there, move on to a, a bigger location, overflow that, move on to another location, overflow that. And it, it'll just I, I fully expect that to be what God does with this. Yeah. You know what it sounds like that you're describing was the. Um growth of uh, breakaway, breakaway breakaway ministries. Yep. That's exactly what happened. Yep. And so from your lips to God's ears, my friend, um, the One Hope event that uh, Matt is talking about, you have heard listeners um, on our station here, the, the lady Nancy, um, my goodness, I can't think of her last name, who had the idea uh, years ago is a friend of Meredith Olson's, and uh, I've worked with her a couple of times, and it's been bouncing around and morphing and all of that, but it sounds like it's about to happen. And uh, so we'll be hearing more about the One Hope event coming up. But uh, So, Matt, yeah. tell us a little bit about what your plan is next Wednesday. and uh... Sure. So next Wednesday, we're going to gather. We're going we're gonna to pray together. Um, and this is open to anybody. It's not just for Catholics. It's not just for anybody. It's actually just for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to gather together. We're going to pray together. We're going to hear a dynamic message. Uh, and then we're going to spend some time in, in groups to, to pray and discuss. And the hope is that through all this, not only are we, I don't know, we're not just praying together. We're not just learning and growing together, but we're also forming community together. Um, I, I envision, you know, from this, you know, real, true, authentic gospel community coming to fruition uh, from from this ministry. So that's the that's the end goal. Um, does that make sense? 
Oh, I definitely. I mean, I've got I'm in a room full of people on the radio shaking their head. Yes. So let me shake yeah. my head in affirmation for you. And um, so your original uh, statement about we're talking about this at the same time we're going to be talking about RCIA. Where do you see that correlation or the uh, crossover so, idea? If if RCIA, if what I said earlier, like actually bears out, and and people envision RCIA being too big of a step for either them to take or for them to invite their friends to take, this is the step before that. So this is the ramp, you know, that mm -hmm. might lead to RCIA. I, I, I envision people coming to the well, getting to know Catholics, getting to to develop community. And then wanting to be a deeper part of that community, to be a member of that community. And then, and then we very easily, we say, hey, you need to go talk to Tom. Um, or you need to go talk to Deacon Mike. Because Deacon Mike runs RCIA at St. Anthony's, right? Correct. Yeah. You know, so you need to, the next step from here, from the well, is to, is to take that step into RCIA. Yeah. And then you have a built-in kind of community around mm -hmm. them that may even walk, journey with them that whole process. Right, right. Uh, you don't know this, but there is another person in the room. His name is Sam Geis, who uh, came through RCIA here at St. Mary's last week, and mm -hmm. he is shaking his head. And a lot of the things that we're going to talk about in the <laughs> next segment is that first step, that introduction that I would think that people go to RCIA for many, many different reasons. But when you're um, invited it doesn't matter what you're talking about, if it's RCIA or the well or um, coffee and donuts after 8 o'clock mass. The personal invitation yep. is the key. And, uh, That's right. Yeah, so I'm going to so give even, you— even, even though we have the Facebook group, just sharing it on your page isn't enough. You need to actually like direct message somebody, call somebody, and invite them to come. Yeah, well, uh, Carol Nichols and I are— Meeting uh, because of our meeting at HEB yesterday, are planning to come together, and uh, I'm going to challenge her to let's invite one other person too. So I'm going to give you the last minute, Matt, to give all the details uh, about the well again, and here's your shot at your personal invitation Great. to our listeners. <laughs> yeah, I just said, Judy, like this isn't personal; it's it's a broadcast. But I am going to personally invite the people that I know. The, we are going to meet um, on Wednesday, the 31st, from 6.30 to 8 p.m. at the Cotton Exchange. That's the third floor of 200 South Main Street in Bryan, Texas. If you want more details, you can find us on Facebook. It's simple. It's just The Well BCS. Just search that, and you'll find us. We have both a page and a group because there's benefits of both of them. <laughs> yes. Um, but, yeah, join join the group so we can talk, and then we'll we'll participate in the page so that we can promote. Sounds great, Matt. I'll yeah, see you. If you have questions, messages through there. Got it. Thank you so much. And listeners, stick with us me. as we go to break, and we'll be back to talk about RCIA.
Welcome back to Red Sea Roundup. I'm your host today, Judy Como. This is a recorded interview, only one day ahead of time, but that's okay. Perhaps we will have baby Romanski by this time tomorrow. We don't know yet. I don't know. It's all in God's hands. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Hard to but, say. I uh, want to welcome our listeners. We appreciate the prayers and the, and the, and the good thoughts, though. Thank you, Judy. You got it. You got it. So today, I have two fine gentlemen in the studio with us. My uh, first guest is Tom Cahill. Tom Hi, is Judy. the director of the Rite of Christian Initiation for Adults at St. Joseph's Catholic Church. Hey, Tom, how Hi, are you? Hi, Judy. How are you? Great. I'm doing so good. I'm so happy. RCIA is a love of mine and my husband's Keith, a key part of our conversion, reversion, uh, taking a step into being responsible for our own faith came through an invitation from Deacon Lee Cochran, God rest his soul, mm-hmm. a dear friend of many people who are associated with RCIA. And um, so, Tom, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to be a part of RCIA over there at St. Joseph's. Well, I came to Texas A&M, oh, I'm going to say 40 years ago almost, and um uh, I had met my wife already uh, in Japan, married her in Japan, and uh, I was a high school teacher at a Catholic high school, and she was in the elementary school. We got married. We came back to Texas because she's from just outside of Houston, and uh, I've been here ever since. My kids were baptized at St. Joe's. Um, my third child, who's now in his mid-30s, was uh, baptized at, I think it was Thomas Aquinas. And uh, so I do remember when they were putting the money together to build that church, so I was part of that group. And uh, so then when I came back after 30 years to, to Bryan, um, I automatically went over to St. Joe's. And uh, the big connection for me was, again, the Holy Spirit moves. Um, I decided for many years I was watch—I uh, had gotten—I got, mm-hmm. got a software package called Universalis from um, a Benedictine— developer in London. And basically what it does is it does the hours, the, the, uh, what do you call it? Liturgy the of the hours. Thank you. Mm-hmm. The liturgy of the hours. And uh, although it's slightly off, off kilter because it's not US, it is the UK, but it's pretty close. And so I used to read that every morning before I started work. And over time I realized, you know, um, going to communion would be better than this. So I decided to go to morning mass. Going to morning mass introduced me to people saying the rosary beforehand at St. Joe's. So one day I'm in there joining the rosary with everybody else, and uh, this lady turns around. Uh, Mrs. Zamanik, actually, is a lovely lady, turned to me and said, do you think you could do Tuesday morning's uh, rosary for me? And I said, sure. <laughs> and as a result of that connection, um, over the last three years, I've been doing the rosary every Tuesday and learning who... As a result, learning who all the key players are in the church in the sense that these people do rosary, they do morning mass, they're faithful, and and so forth. So that's how I kind of got into it. And then one day I was asked, you know, uh, Dan Quigley, who used to be running the RCAA prior to myself, uh, Dr. Quigley is um, a neighbor of mine. We actually used to walk our dogs in the same neighborhood and meet and <laughs> chat. And Carla, his, his lady wife, she was. Uh, she asked me one day if she, if I could take over after she stopped because they needed a director. And I said, Well, sure. Wow. So that's so how I got into it. Lots of callings happen in uh, 
most peculiar places. Absolutely. Uh, right. And also joining us today is Sam Geis, a new friend of mine. Uh, <laughs> As of last week, we met. Sam, how are you? Good. How are you today? Great. I'm doing fine. Um, For our listeners uh, to make a little sense out of why these two gentlemen are here, Sam is a little baby Catholic, uh, maybe six (laughs) months. uh, Yeah, just about. Six months ago, came into the church at the Easter Vigil here at St. Mary's, and um, I saw a very profound testimony that he shared on a video uh, shared by St. Mary's Church, and um, knew that Tom was going to be here today and talk about the RCIA program, and we had a conversation at St. Anthony's last Thursday, and he agreed to be here. So as we uh, navigate this program of Rite of Christian Initiation, your perspective is going to be so wonderful. So mm-hmm. let's uh, let's just begin. Uh, Tom, RCIA as a program has been around uh, how many years, would you say? Well, it or? depends on whether you're talking about St. Joe's or Catholic Church. I just church. mean in general, in the general. Catholic Church. Um, I, being a cradle Catholic, I didn't come in, you know, I didn't come into the church as an adult, so I didn't even know anything about it. Mm-hmm. My so, husband is a Catholic, and so I didn't have that experience until. RCIA, RCIA is so rich in history, it's actually really incredible. When you look back into it, there's a, an old saying that if a non-Catholic reads the history, he will not long be a non-Catholic. Mm-hmm. If you read history and you go back to the first 400 years of the church, you're going to see almost everything that was that's practiced over at St. Joe's, for example, was practiced back then in the first 400 years. So the connection is powerful. RCIA is utterly based on everything they did in the first 400 years and certainly the first 200 years. Justin Martyr was, wrote in one of his books called uh, The Apology, I think it was called Apology 61. He, he had a stack of apologetics, but one of them was, this is how you are supposed to bring somebody into the church. And we basically follow that. Now, we di- over time, what happened was we began to increase the number of people who were not coming in as adults. They were coming in as children, so there wasn't any need for it. And for the first, the next, you know, for 1,500 years, we, or at least 1,000 years, we just baptized children as, as infants. With the result, you didn't need RCIA, and so it began to lie fallow. But we are now re-evangelizing the entire culture, and a lot of uh, people are coming in as adults, and we needed a mechanism to do that, and that was defined sharply by Vatican II in the early 60s. And that's the RCIA program we follow. Right, um, because I do know um, my sister's uh, husband, they were going to get married, so they had a little six-week one-on-one with Monsignor Malinowski at the time, and uh, so this was 30 years ago, and over time the the RCIA has uh, morphed and changed into following what you're what you're describing. Absolutely, it, it you can miss pieces of it, but it is a very very important right. It is it, it is how important it is is this. When an, an adult was brought into the Catholic Church in the first four hundred years, when he signed up for the Catholic Church, he was probably signing up to die. So he had to know what he was dying for. And so they had these strict set of rules that you had to follow. Firstly, 
they had to make sure that you were safe to get into RCIA. So the first phase, the pre-catechumenate, they had to have somebody in the community validate that you were what you said you were, or you, you might have been a spy for the emperor and get a whole bunch of people killed, and which is kind of the way it is in China now. Mm-hmm. So uh, prayers there. Um, so RCIA is actually critical, and it is powerful. The Holy Spirit operates there fluidly. My own, my own experience. I, I've just been a, I'm a rookie director. I've only been directing for a year, right? But I have seen um, so much influence of the Holy Spirit just in the most minute things. It just amazes me. I was never uh, didn't I didn't think he was this fluid and he was this efficient and he was right there in front of everything. It didn't matter what I was doing. I could screw it up and he would put it right. I just, I just couldn't get over that. And that's why RCI for me personally has been hugely beneficial. Okay. My faith has deepened almost by default oh, and, and, and quite deeply okay. as a so, result. Um, <clears throat> I, I want to uh, remind our listeners that uh, this is Red Sea Roundup and we're talking with Tom Cahill, the director of St. Joseph's Rite of Christian Initiation. And also joining us is Sam Geis, who uh, experienced the RCIA process here. And I would beg to think, I would wager, I'm a gambling girl, that people are listening right now and are hearing us say RCIA, Rite of Christian Initiation, and they're like, what are they talking about? And I think so many things about our faith every Sunday is announced from the pulpit, talked about in the homily, in reference and assuming people know what we're talking about. It's Lent next week, so y'all need to come to Stations of the Cross. If you didn't grow up with that devotion, how do you know what it is and why would you want to go? So let's really talk about what RCIA, what it is, and why are we even here talking about it? Does that make sense? It does. Mm -hmm. It does. Mm -hmm. And it's... uh, a very rich question. A lot of fruit can come out of the answers. Um, there are things you have to do in RCIA, but the most important one is present the gospel in a manner where people can just sit there and hear you and question you and talk with you. And they can come, it's, it's, I, I hate to use the phrase safe place, but at least it's an honest place. You come and you say, okay, I'm, I'm really nervous. I don't know what Catholics are and what they do. Exactly. I'm kind of nervous about it, right? And we're just ordinary people. All of us have work to do. This is a voluntary service. Um, So when you come in, our goal is that you're welcomed. Our goal is that you are able to learn over an extended period of time exactly what it is to be a Catholic. It is not easy to teach Catholicism in a week. There's just a lot there because (laughs) 2,000 years brings up a lot of information. What we have to do, I guess, is present it in such a fashion that people have a chance to digest it. So we do less than two hours once a week for about nine months. So if you came on Tuesday evening at 7 o'clock, you're going home by 9 o'clock. But inside that hour and a half to two hours, we will have a structured class on Christianity. And it's easy for us to teach Christianity. We're the first Christians. If you go to your Alexa and say, 
who founded the Catholic Church? It'll say Jesus Christ. So I'm kind of, I'm, that's our CIA. I'm, we're done. We can go home now. So <laughs> kind of thing. But in real life, thinking people and there are, if a person is deeply faithful, they don't have to be well-educated, but they can say, he's telling me the truth. I can't quite put my finger on why, but he's telling the truth. And, and that's what I try to do. I'm going to tell them the truth. And they can say, well, what about this? And what about that? And what about the other thing? And um, we just have to give honest answers. But at, at all costs, we have to be welcoming because Christ is welcoming. That's the thing. You, yeah. got to, you have to give people the honest to God truth because it's honest to God. And you've got to do it. Somebody said, you don't have to be a Catholic, but you sure as heck have to be Jesus to people. I like that idea. I do too. Mm. Presented. I like um, that's the way I'm trying to live it. Okay. So, Sam, you've politely listened yes. to some of the things <laughs> yes. that we've talked about here. Mm -hmm. And uh, so tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and how you came to be a part of the RCI process. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. So, I'm a senior in Texas A&M. And uh, just hearing a lot we already talked about, um, I can relate and agree with pretty much all of it. Um, the RCA program at St. Mary's has been very welcoming. Um, I think one of the biggest things was... Uh, they've been able to just show genuine love for one another, not just, um, and just also to ignite the curiosity of non-Catholics. I think that's what really helped me was um, just not knowing or maybe assuming a, a lot of things that Catholics do from looking on from the outside. And just like a lot of organizations, you can't quite describe what goes on within it, but like trans, like converting people, um, it's... It's just all about trying to do your best and what he said about being honest. Um, but yeah, I think one of the biggest things was is being sucked into that community um, at St. Mary's and seeing how genuine everyone's been. And uh, and just especially when I started to hear that people pray for others without them even knowing that, that I was like, why, why would you do that? I mean, they don't know what's going on. Like how. So just a lot of things I didn't know. And then realizing that that is kind of an example of God's love. He's there for you, even when you're not expecting it, wanting it even for, for some people who are really struggling with, uh, with their faith life. Um, but I think the biggest thing that's really like gotten me fired up about this is igniting the curiosity. Um, kind of like that springboard into learning more about RCIA and more about um, the Catholic faith. So like uh, every Tuesday, um, Kevin Pesek, the, the director here, would... Uh, you know, it's a bunch of students, they, they've been at classes all day, mm. and the first thing that comes to mind is, oh, great, another class. <laughs> <laughs> and so the first, right off the bat, he did a really good job explaining this is not a class. This is just like, um, he, he described this as kind of like a process of marriage. You got to go into it wholeheartedly. Now, of course, when there are people who are confused, scared, feared about all this stuff going on, sometimes the initial thinking is, nah, this is kind of awkward. I don't want to do it anymore. So you really got to grab at those hearts. And that's why I keep saying um, you got to dig into that, that, that curiosity, get people thinking. Like for me, um, the first couple of times it was just going through the basics um, or it's just a really concrete, like the first two lessons. But then after that, I would learn about like they would, it, it was a springboard to make you want to learn more beyond the class. And not only would that help you learn more about um, Catholicism, but it would teach you that, you know, or remind you that it is you, like you alone going into this with the help of others. And um, it's kind of making you realize or just understand that you want to, just like marriage, you want to go into it wholeheartedly, knowing that you want to do this um, 
for like your heart and the sake of others' hearts. Um, for life. Yes. For life. Yes. So yeah. it's not like, oh, I'm doing this because I want to please someone or I just want to um, look like, like you know, uh, it's, it's just um, like, for example, after I say I would learn about the saints. I think one thing that I was really confused about not being Catholic was like, who are these people? Why are there <laughs> statues beyond Jesus in the church? This is really confusing. And I think a lot of non-Catholics have the same uh, questions. But so the class would like briefly teach about it. And then afterwards, I would stay up usually pretty late after RCA because I just wanted to dive in and learn more about that. And I think that right there is uh, what's really like kept me fired up about this is it's given me the opportunities to look more um, just beyond the class. And so what was your experience? You grew up in a, a Christian household. Were you all practicing? Yes. D- did you have a faith life prior to this? And um, So growing up, uh, I grew up non-denominational from Dallas. Um, I, I went to church uh, probably, well, definitely every Sunday um, throughout my elementary school years. Um, but around high school, actually, the church that I grew up in uh, went bankrupt. And so that that really took a toll. Um, I had to, I guess, church hopping uh, with my family. And as time went on, um, it just I kind of left my faith life behind, especially going into college. Um, I used the excuse I got way too busy, and I just kind of I was not a good example of a Christian at mm-hmm. all. Didn't really go to church. Saw it as a chore. Um, like, oh, I have to get up at this time to spend about an hour or two on Sunday. So you knew St. Mattress, but you didn't, uh, <laughs> didn't know. Well done, Correct. Yes. <laughs> Wonderful. And so yeah. um, in, in your uh, conversation, your testimony about RCIA, uh, I've picked up on a couple of uh, key words that are very important to evangelization and mm-hmm. curiosity mm-hmm. is one of them um, and springboarding and trust Yes. Is another part of a uh, very important part of discipleship and evangelization. Mm-hmm. And as um, we heard earlier, uh, invitation mm-hmm. and a personal invitation is very inviting. Yes. We need to be able yes. to tell why we're doing something. Mm-hmm. And if you're not, uh, Tom, if that's not a good part of your conversation, whether it's one-on-one over the fried chicken that y'all are serving, and a meal is always <laughs> a, a great part of it. We share that um, over at St. Anthony's. Um, we need to know who Jesus is, and we we need to be pretty eloquent, whether it's that 30 seconds in, over the cucumbers at HEB or the <laughs> five-minute conversation that you get to have. I'd imagine our friend Sam here was a dedicated uh, follower of fashion over at the school um, or over here at RCIA. It was really, um, I can tell uh, the Holy Spirit moved within mm-hmm. him because he, he cared about it and he needed to research it. And that's all you ask for. Would you at least check it out and see? And once you check it out, the deeper you go, the deeper it gets. You're mm-hmm. able to find more and more and more. <clears throat> and it's really... Um, we don't question saints, you know, we see them and, but I can understand why anybody else who, have, who has never heard about saints would mm-hmm. want to investigate. My family is almost, um, uh, my wife is, was born and raised Episcopalian Methodist. She was going through RCIA when we met and got married, but um, her entire family here in Bryan are all non-Catholic very, very nice people, you know, and I live with them all the time. I'm all around them all the time, and uh, they don't ever ask me any questions. 
at all. But um, over time, things come out and they'll you know, there's a, they have no knowledge at all of saints or why they're even necessary. Is that basically what you were saying, Sam? That yes. They just don't know why they're even necessary. <laughs> but once you start looking them up, it becomes really powerful. I, I, I have five or six saints that I work with all the time. So, for example, <clears throat> I'm a huge fan of Thomas Aquinas. Not because he has written enormous works, but he has fabulous pre-communion and post-communion prayers, which if you go to communion, which is the source and summit of the Catholic faith, if you get the Eucharist right, everything else would be right. And <clears throat> Thomas Aquinas wrote the prayers for before communion and after communion, just some prayers. But I have been reading them now for 20 years, and they are so rich. That my, my, my Eucharistic Holy Communion experience every Sunday is enriched and stabilized because the prayer I say before it and the prayer I say after mm -hmm. it. And th that's something we try to get across too. It's um, to practice your sacraments in the manner in which they were expected to be practiced in the early church and all the way back to Christ. If you watched Christ with the Emmaus walk. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's RCIA. That's what it is. They open the book and they explain it. If we had anything to hide, it would be very hard to do RCIA. Mm -hmm. I can lay out everything about the Catholic Church, good, bad, and indifferent, and I will, because you can't defend the indefensible, but there isn't much that's indefensible in the Catholic Church, my own personal experience. If I can slide out into that discussion a little bit, my life experience seems to have been throwing me into Brian my entire life. Into, I have a deep belief now from experience that Brian and College Station seems to have, it's like a Catholic bubble. Just like a Catholic bubble. I became a better Catholic by being at St. Joe's. A, a deeper Catholic and a better Catholic because there were a huge number of people out doing something for somebody else which actually put me to shame. I said to myself, I should be doing something. And I learned from working with them to figure out that we're supposed to be practicing our faith. We're supposed to actually live it. And if you're not living the faith, you don't have one. doesn't matter what you call yourself. You have to live it some way. And in my particular case, the lesson I learned, and the Holy Spirit has been teaching me my entire life. I didn't know this, of course, until I got into RCA. <laughs> but some of the lessons that I have been getting that have – I work in a business that's – it's a pretty rough business. And sometimes I'll be up on a roof out in the far boonies of Weatherford or Brownswood – Brownwood, not Brownsville, that too. But <laughs> Brownwood, Texas, and you're on a roof and you're working in the middle of August in Texas. It's 105 degrees. The roof's 150 degrees. And somebody turns to you and says, so where are you from? Ireland. <coughs> are you Protestant or Catholic? Catholic. Do Catholics really believe? Blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And you give them the best answers you can give and you keep them simple and straightforward. One guy said to me, <clears throat> okay, he said, so I have a question for you. He said, um, I don't know what Catholics believe about pornography, but he said, I have a lot of pornography. Is that wrong? I said, always wrong in every case. How about that for an answer? Mm -hmm. And he said, really? And I told him why. And he goes, well, no, I didn't think that was wrong at all. Well, I said, it's really, really wrong. I'll tell you what, if you're doing porn, guess what? You're planning your divorce. That's what you're really doing. Mm -hmm. Your wife's going to leave because she will never be able to satisfy that imagery that you have. Never. And it's mm -hmm. false anyway. Mm 
And by the way, it's now 50% of divorces are based on pornography. It used to be money. How did we change that? So the net result, I told him this, and a week later, we were coming to the end of the project, came up to me, excuse me, he came up to me and shook my hand, and he said, uh, do you know, last night, I took out 10 50-gallon bags of pornographic magazines. He said, I, I did try to erase the stuff off my computer, but he said I couldn't do it. I, I, could, I, I actually Physically, I wasn't able to technically re remove it all. But he said, um, that was an interesting experience. He hadn't become a Catholic. He still wasn't practicing any faith. But his gut-level instinct was, I think it's right, wrong myself, and this guy just gave me a clear answer. Well, so many uh, conversion stories can be because you have something in common. You have a starting point. Yes. I mean, many, uh, many atheists are pro-life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you, so you find something that you agree about, and then you can have a conversation. Um, I just uh, <laughs> trying to do too many things at once. Thank you, Thaddeus. Um, so, if you could uh, uh. tell us briefly uh, about your nine month program and the subjects and the way uh, your program builds from one week to the next. Yeah, well, I was just gonna say like. Um like just hearing all that, it, I've, I've already heard so many similarities. And like the, I think one of the biggest things for me is that uh, I would hear about it from the class and then like be fired up about it. And then throughout the week, kind of just maybe not forget about it, but just because I can only remember so much from what happened at like in that RCA, um, I would just write everything down. So um, like, again, I've already heard so, so many connections with what I learned at RCA. Um, and yeah. <laughs> well, just to tell you from a cradle Catholic to someone who is a new Catholic, it's ins inspiring to those of us. We all need to get fired up. Mm -hmm. How, who would want a part of it if you're just lukewarm? Yeah. We all mm -hmm. know what the scripture says about that. Mm -hmm. um, so being a part of this process, whether you're Catholic, whether you're 62 years old, as I'm going to be next month, we need to get fired up, and mm -hmm. a great way to be a part of uh, getting fired up in your faith is renewing, relearning, teaching is a great way. In, in RCIA, it actually, that what you just said is reflected in the population that we deal with. I think approximately 50% of every class that we have is... Um, they were born Catholic, but through some vicissitude of life, they didn't get to their confirmation. So they're coming in to have adult confirmation. And the other half are non-Catholics that want to go deeply into the meaning of Catholicism, what it would mean for them if they were to become Catholic. What is that entire meaning? And our job is to get that across. Mm -hmm. Our job to get that across. And it's not difficult because people come and they are so ready to learn. I'm, I'm amazed at the questions. In fact, some people get so primed that they fire. <laughs> One beautiful lady in our class last year, she's just a lovely lady uh, in every way. You could tell she was a good Catholic or rather a good Christian in every way. And she, uh, she came up to me and she said, um, I know we're all getting ready for confession. And she said, that's a scary one for me. She said, so I decided to face up to it. And what did she do? She just went to confession without any 
going to the regular confession routine. That y'all were holding for her. Yeah, she, she did it the week before. And she said, so, so do I have to go again or did I do something wrong? Or I said, lady, you didn't do anything wrong. Anybody that can go to confession, my, hand, my hat's off to them. It is definitely for the first time go to confession. It is uh, a close analysis of who you are and it challenges you at the deepest level of your being. But it's, it's entirely essential because really you can't do communion without it. Mm-hmm. So she said, well, that was what I thought. And she, was, she said, you know. I bawled my eyes out the whole time with Teresa. I don't think he ever heard anything I said. <laughs> she said, but she, so she was emotionally moved so much so that she went, I think I'm going to say three weeks before everybody was going to go. And I said, what did you do? Just go to a local Catholic church and go into the confessional? Oh, no, she said, my friends were going on a retreat. I joined them and they had confessions. So I decided, well, why not? I said, well, you were blessed. That's, That's always, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I said, yeah. Wow. I said, I, I think you get more credit for that than anything is to do it on your own without too much help, without any backup and get it done and be delighted with it. She was uh, thrilled that she had done it. She saw its meaning right away. That is kind of what I enjoy is to see it actually happen. Yeah, that's a, that's a Right in front of you. Exactly. You know? mm-hmm. uh, Sam, was that something that uh, you embraced mm-hmm. right away or had some hesitation about reconciliation or um i will i definitely didn't go that early i didn't <laughs> I, I went when they told us to go but there was i uh there's a friend of mine named grace uh she actually went uh early and at first i was like no you gotta follow the program it's, and then like because I've, I've always been like super kind of uh stiff with like policies and stuff uh especially uh, like uh in the core cadets at a&m it's all about like but like very structured things. So I was like, that's, I mean, the ironic thing is that's also why I, I love Catholicism because there's so much, you know, there's no, there's no like, like, I mean, there's a mystery, but that's, and it's, that's because the mystery of God, you know, that the, there's no like, Oh, like, why do we do this? There's always like, from what I've learned, there's always an answer. There's always Solid. a reason. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I, trust me, I have <laughs> lived a life of disobedience and bucking the system and resisting the rules. Now, when someone might would explain a teaching or something, I was like, is this the teaching of the church or is it just your opinion? Because there's a yes. big difference between those two. Yes. And I love you, <laughs> but I don't really want to know your opinion. I want to know what the church teaches. Yes. And uh, I think that what we're talking about, I want to remind our listeners we are talking about the RCIA process and here locally in the Bryan College Station area I'm going to just kind of run through some opportunities this is the time of the year at every parish I would say in the nation is going to start talking about the RCIA process and Mm -hmm. they at St. Anthony's, we usually get uh, someone who's been through the process to give a pulpit announcement Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's why I wanted to talk about it in July. So maybe our listeners, um, this would pique their interest and have an opportunity. You can call our radio station. You can call your parish and get more information. But here locally, St. Thomas Aquinas Parish holds their RCIA programs on Sundays at 9.45 to 11.30 a.m. And that's in between two masses there at St. Thomas Aquinas. St. Joseph's, as um, Tom has talked about, is on Tuesday nights. It begins at 7 p.m. They always have a meal, and they provide child care. Mm -hmm. 
and that's a we do wonderful gift uh, over at St. Anthony's, right across the railroad tracks. Is on Thursday nights at six thirty. We also begin with the meal, and uh, Sam, I'm going to get you to tell those times. Uh, Thaddeus wants wants to chime in, and yeah, before we go over to Sam, I wanted yeah. to just also mention that. For those in our Waco listening area and in Palestine, you can also go to redsearadio.org and go to our resources page, which has our listing of all, all the websites for every parish in our listening area. That will take you right to those parish websites, and you can get the RCIA, RCIA information there for the Waco parishes and for Sacred Heart in Palestine. We just... Judy wasn't able to make mm-hmm. contact with anybody in the Waco area, but we're not we're not forgetting about about you. I appreciate that. And so, uh, Sam, tell us about the RCIA program when it's held here at St. Mary's. I know mm-hmm. it's kind of unique uh, mm-hmm. because they're so big. Yeah. Um, well, from this past year, it was uh, every Tuesdays from like seven thirty. Um, usually went on an hour, an hour and a half. We usually went over, but I guess it's a good <laughs> thing. Um, but yeah, I think it's the same for the following year. Yeah, that's great. Um, our Red Sea Catholic Radio website is a well of knowledge for lots of information, as is our Catholic calendars. Lots and lots of information. Uh, the one that I'm looking at is from our Bryan College Station area. It has all the parishes. It has all the mass times. Most importantly, it has confession times. Mm-hmm. Here in the Bryan College Station area, you can literally go to confession every day at multiple places, and uh, it's a real, real blessing. Um, Tom, mm-hmm. have y'all already had an organizational meeting? Or are you uh, tell us about how your team works and? And uh, thanks, Judy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't think I answered your original question, which is what, what, what's the structure? What, what, uh, what do you normally do? What is this right and how does it work? One of the reasons I have tackling some, one of the difficulties I have tackling some questions is that I'm actually uncomfortable with the word right because it immediately rings of a medieval Catholic thing. What I want to know is if, uh, if, if I were a non Catholic listening, I would say, you know, I'm sure you know what right means, but guess what? Not R I G H T, but R I T E, right? Yeah, the word that you know um, uh, is a precursor to ritual. ritual, and that scares people, to be honest. So I, I have a challenge. There. But that said, we—that uh, is how the Catholic Church brings adults into its organization. There is an awful lot to offer. The Catholic Church has such a volume of stuff to offer that it has to take time, and it must be a process. So it takes nine months, and you're giving up one night a week for nine months, essentially. And typically it starts in late August, early September. In our case, at St. Joseph's, we're starting August 20th because we want to make sure to get everything in without rushing so that we can get to Easter Vigil. Mm -hmm. And so you have a beginning point, which is August the 20th, and... An almost end point um, is, is the Easter Vigil. But right after the Easter Vigil, there are going to be four more weeks of class. And those classes are designed to allow people to come together and those people who have received all the sacraments at Easter Vigil, which is the goal of RCIA, is to bring you into our church and have you welcomed during the process. And then having been welcomed and seeing that it's something you want to do, then you go, you, you go through the Easter Vigil, which is the ceremony 
the night before Easter Sunday where you are brought into the church formally and you receive all your sacraments. And I want to tell you, that is one happy night. I have to tell you. Because some people, (laughs) I mean, absolutely. You're exactly right, Sam. (laughs) Because uh, when we did our, you know, when I was directing that vigil, from my standpoint, I was a nervous wreck. Obviously, I couldn't keep everybody, I was herding cats, no matter what was happening, and I wasn't in control. So uh, they, uh, but the fact was, my nervousness had nothing to do with the happiness these people had. At the end of the service, people came up to me who were family members of the person who had come in, who were not Catholic themselves, but they saw this beautiful service and Facebook pages for days afterwards had our, uh, uh, the folks that came through and got their sacraments and who were not afraid to tell everybody they were now Catholic. One friend of mine, uh, we've become great friends actually since, but he is, uh, he published all the pictures that everybody took that he could get from anybody on his Facebook page with him, with the bishop or with the, with the priest, I should say. And he had um, his family with him. His sponsor was uh, a very fine Catholic from Houston who has to com- commute up here. These people take this stuff serious, serious, Absolutely. seriously. Mm-hmm. And it is not a lightweight thing, but it's a wonderful thing. And there is happiness at the end of it. And I'm all for happiness at the end no, of things. I agree 100%. I have been very privileged to be um, an extraordinary min- minister of the Eucharist mm. at the Easter Vigil after you've walked for nine months with people and... Hold that cup with Jesus in between you of a trembling hand receiving the Eucharist for the first time and, you know, having that split second thought, shame on me for the times that I've not approached this chalice with so much joy and, you know, Mm -hmm. Lord, help remind me of this every time I receive the Eucharist and the wonderful opportunity. So, um... Thank you. Thank you for your dedication to this. I want to take just a few minutes as we wrap up. And Mm -hmm. uh, Sam, I wanted to ask you, what what would you uh, have you had experiences of other people who are not Catholic talking to you about your experience and found a way to invite someone else to be a part of it? Has that in mm-hmm. your experience and tell us how that is. Yes. Uh, well, the, the the beauty of it all, like after um, the video, I have a video that's been posted on social mm-hmm. media and people just hearing, especially ask me like, where have I been for two hours every Tuesday? They, they kind of get curious. And um, so just it's, I, I thought I was a little scared of like having to reach out to people because that's been like a personal, it's just, you know, it's kind of hard to just go up to someone just immediately start talking about that. But the beauty of it all, it's people have been coming to me curious, like what's been going on? Like you became Catholic, what's this all about? Um, so yes, I have been talking to a lot of my friends who aren't Catholic and, um, and also I'm helping out friends who are cradle Catholic, but are struggling. Um, I think that's really cool too. Uh, we talked about that a lot through RCA is the ones who are new to cat- uh, Catholicism, like I don't know much, but like um, I have the soul fire from from being newly introduced about it and I haven't been raised uh, throughout like within Catholicism. So kind of it's kind of the way I keep telling myself it's my turn to to give someone uh, the opportunity to hopefully put someone in similar experience I've been put in. Um, yeah. Great. Good. Mm. What would you say, uh, Tom or Sam, to mm. a listener 
in this last uh, minute or so of the show, what what's something that we could try to share or just encourage or invite a listener to just take a look at the RCIA process? I would, I would say, you know, um, don't be in the least bit shy. Don't be anxious. Don't be concerned. Whatever your concerns are, they will not, they'll evaporate the first night. One of the things that I did to help that was to ask everybody in the room, I said, between now and next Tuesday, I want you to pray. I want you to pray for the people who brought the Bible to you, the people who brought Christ to you. And if they're non-Catholics, obviously their parents were non-Catholic that brought them to the Bible and brought them Jesus Christ. And they wouldn't be at RCIA if that hadn't happened. So that's something you should pray for. You should pray to thank them for that. That's, you should express gratitude to Almighty God for the blessing of your parents. And I'll tell you, you know, uh, I've had people come to me and say that was a very important request mm-hmm. to make of me. And that's, be- that's because that's what I deeply believe. And I deeply believe um, the Holy Spirit works. He will work with you. He may already, if you're thinking about it, just kind of juggling it, he's already working with you. Mm-hmm. Give him a break. You don't have to say no to everything because you think it might be from God. You can say yes once in a while. This is a, one of the ones where you should say yes. Yeah, Because I, I can guarantee you, you will benefit from it. Easter Vigil will tell you. Great. Oh, I want to thank our listeners. I want to thank Sam and Tom for being here. And uh, Thaddeus, you have thumbed madly through that Bible. I think you have something to share with us. Is that... Um. Yeah, I, I just was re- reflecting on, as you were talking about John chapter 6 and mm-hmm. our Lord telling his disciples after he's just given them the teaching on the Eucharist that the words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. And that's what it comes down to with RCIA, RCIA is that we are giving people life. We're giving, we're, these are deadly serious things because we're talking about people's eternal life, their eternal salvation. I agree. Oh. So go ahead and read that quote one more time as we it's, end the segment. Uh, John chapter 6, verse 63, it is the spirit that gives life while this flesh is of no avail. The words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to thank, uh, thank you, Tom, thank and you, uh, I'm sure we have lots to talk about about the upcoming year. And Sam, thank you so much for being a uh, put on the spot and ready to come on in here and be a part of our program thank you thank you and thank you listeners and have a great day and may god bless you abundantly amen talk